Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4-6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit StairsApp.com today. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Well, my friend. How's it going? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I always say, well, my friend, because I'm, I'm trying not to say, ask a question that's just too regular, I guess. We've done a really, really good job in the past three or four months about not talking about the weather at the beginning yes, of the show. Yes, it isn't. We're not doing it today either. <laughs> though, though, though it's been freaking awesome this weekend. <laughs> yes, yes. We really have a high bar here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we, we actually have a pretty good show together. Lots of stuff happening lately. Some great questions and well, excited to dig in. So let's start with Probably the weakest news, but <laughs> it's a good way to the put it. popular one, and that's about the real-time Penguin algorithm. Now, we've talked about for ages how Penguin algorithm was, well, it just happened once in a while, and it was really annoying, and people had to wait for it, and it caused, you know, it, well, the, it was always a bit of a guess, right? And, and yeah, and the big problem was that any of the things you did to, like, try to recover from a Penguin hit didn't have any impact at all until they did a refresh. And the refreshes were coming literally a year apart. So you could do all this work and see absolutely no benefit from it till sometime in the mysterious future when they decide to do an update, right? So, yeah, and of course, I guess to those who aren't familiar, we're talking about Google here, which we usually do. Google has many algorithms, and one of the algorithms that uh, is fairly prominent these days is the Penguin, at least in terms of being talked about. And the Penguin update targets over-optimization, any kind of spam tactic that really might have been not so much dead obvious. Most, mostly tied to backlink profile stuff, I think, in, in the majority of the things when you think about Penguin. Yeah, I guess so. I, I kind of like to think a lot of people have those cleaned up already. I, I usually think of Penguin now, anyway, no. as over-optimization, but yeah, you're right. No, people don't have those cleaned up at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's still people out there selling backlinks. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Think of it this way. If you know, there's almost... I don't know the most current number, but in the last quarter or so, I heard a number that was like at least 30% of small businesses still don't even have websites, let alone clean up backlinks. 
Well, in those cases, they don't have to clean them up yet. Yet, <laughs> it's, it's true. They haven't gone to Fiverr and and bought ten thousand links, so it's good. <laughs> or went to a, went to a quote unquote SEO firm that did go to Fiverr. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> exactly. And those are the ones that are, are great for my business because they usually call us up after going, "Oh no, we made a mistake. Help!" <laughs> yeah, then we get the joy of fixing it. Anyways, please don't do that, anyone. Please, please call a good SEO firm to start with and, and make sure you do your homework so you do pick the right one. There's a lot of great SEO firms out there. And, and really, mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of doing a little research. It's pretty easy to pick yeah. them apart. And I, and I wish I knew the number. I know we did a show where we, we stepped through and talked about a number of things to look for when you're researching your SEO firm. But there's a lot of good information out there about how to do that. Yeah, exactly. Tons. And ironically, you have to make sure you go to the right place that has the checklist because some of the checklists are rather self-serving. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, if it starts with always pick a provider that has a close secret relationship with Google like we do, you kind of run away from them. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, <laughs> with that said, Google Penguin, the uh, algorithm, again, the, it's annoying that people have to wait for anything to happen positively or negatively to their profile after making changes to respond to the last time it was updated. It was a year, I think, over a year last time or just about. Was it just about or just over? It was just over a year between the last two updates. Right. And yeah. that's a long time for a business to wait, especially if they've been completely destroyed on the search results. And anyway, it'll be nice when this becomes a rolling update. Yeah. And, and the reason rolling is going to be good is because that means that when you make a change, it's going to have an impact much, much sooner. You'll be able to see the impact of that change. Part of the problem when you're doing this kind of work to try to recover from these things, there's different things you can do and different sites you can address and different backlinks you can address to try to clean up your problem. Well, if you have multiple different problems and you fix one, you can't see if that fixed the problem, right? Because you have to wait. So you end up fixing three or four things. And then when the penguin update comes around and it kind of fixes it, you don't know which ones worked and which ones didn't and which ones could have worked better because there's no way to to monitor and, and track what you're doing. Yeah, there's no just doing one little thing at a time and seeing how it reacts. <laughs> You've got to just go all out. Google yeah. has everyone by the balls on that one. And, and they're saying this is supposed to come out by the end of the year, but that's that to me is... Well, not they. John Mueller um, just had that thought, right? He's a they. He's, <laughs> Isn't a they, he? but he's not Google. It's not like all of Google saying that. He's he, guessing. He's the royal they. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone, don't set your timers. <laughs> yes. Who knows when it'll actually happen? Just but, be happy when it does. Yes. I think we all will be. Then at that point, they'll bring something else out to make everyone dance. Yes. Yeah. It's like the old days of the Google Dance. I miss those. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so what else has our friend Mueller said this week, John? Somebody asked him a question, and this was interesting. People have been worried for a while now that if you have two websites that are basically targeting the same topic and you load them both into your same Google Webmaster Tools account or Search Console, as some people like to call it, you know, if you load them both in the account, they're worried that Google's going to see that you're trying to compete on the same terms and one or both of those sites will be negatively impacted because they're going to see that, hey, you're trying to do a lot of stuff on the same topic in different sites, right? And somebody outright asked, Ask John Mueller, say, hey, is this a problem? <laughs> right? What are you laughing at? <laughs> That's just hilarious. Anyway, <laughs> a second. Okay, so they asked whether or not they should have 
two duplicate sites in webmaster okay and yeah. i don't think i don't think it's duplicate sites i think it's like sites on the same topic right not not necessarily duplicate no so, so not duplicate content but obviously yeah, there's no reason to have two sites okay go right. on <laughs> if you if you have in the in the example if you have one site that's really good and authoritative and you sell blue widgets but you have another site that's kind of targeted to a different audience that also sells blue widgets right now are you going to be having ranking issues because you have two sites in the same account targeting the same topics and he's basically he said um, we look at the sites individually but then he went off on a tangent about how you probably shouldn't be separating your work and your resources that way. And his quote was, so from my point of view, I would try to aim on having one really strong website rather than splitting things up like that, which kind of makes sense. But I, I personally think there's going to be instances when you have two sites that you own and operate that are targeting the same content. I mean, that's going to happen. Okay, this uh, is happen really timely. Really timely because yesterday I had this exact conversation about a, a new client. So in this case, I'm trying to think what could I use as an example of renaming them here. Uh, okay, so let's say it's um, a doctor and the doctor does plastic surgery and they've got a main website that already is well ranked and they cover the gamut on that website. Well, they created a secondary site. And the secondary site is focused only on, let's say, noses. Right. Well, they already have a section in their existing site about noses, <laughs> you know, okay. and, and it's already ranking well. But they wanted to make one that was just targeted to that. And they came to us and, and through this partner of ours, and it had already kind of gotten through the gauntlet to make sure that it was something we would actually be happy to do. <laughs> and right. I was like, oh. Okay, so what are we going to do here? Because I don't feel comfortable promoting that because I think there is no reason for that other site to exist. And essentially, that's against guidelines. So uh, that's a great point. So the first question I would ask that client is, why does this site exist? What's the goal? Why is this different than your other site? And if the only answer they give is because, well, we wanted a site more targeted on this topic so we could rank better in search, you're absolutely correct. That's ridiculous. There's no reason to do that. If they have to do that for some business reason, and there are business reasons in some times where you have to do things like that, then you pick one of the two sites and can canonical the, the content over to the other one, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, there but are th cases. That's not what they want, right? And then, so yeah. they expected that they could get away with that. And so what I've had to do is say, okay, look, we're only going to market your other site. I'm sorry. What we will do, though, is my recommendation is to completely no index this new site that's only about noses and use it for pay per click. Mm -hmm. That's it. Because they wanted it organic, but I, it, there's just no point. We need to do the main site, which already has all the clout. Why? <laughs> It made no sense. I mean, and anyone out there who doesn't understand exactly what we're getting at here, why divide all of your time and money into two sites when you could just devote it to one? And this is what John Mueller is saying, too. It's really about focusing and making one site really, really, really good. And Google totally rewards that. I mean, it's all about that. But there are business reasons where you have to yes. do this. I can tell you from personal experience, we have 12 websites. Every one of our websites has a real estate section, an auto section. We cover the same news story if they're national news stories, but they're targeted to specific local Absolutely. areas, right? So they're all in the same accounts as far as Webmaster Tools goes, and they're going to be competing against each other for like a national headline for a national story. 
but they're not going to get penalized for being in the same account because of that. And I think John Mueller's point is in here, he says they treat each site separately. And just like you said, Ross, there's no reason to have it unless to split your resources and split your time if you're just trying to do it for search engine purposes. If you have good business you know, logic reasons to have these separate like we do. We have different markets, so we each have, they each have their own website for that specific local market. That makes sense. If you're doing it just because you want to do better for nose jobs, that's not going to work. <laughs> anyway, it's tough because, I mean, really, I, I wanted to make my partner happy here. Uh, I didn't want to put him in an awkward position because he'd already sold this, although he didn't really sell it. The client came to ask for it. It's not like we went, oh, we really need this. No, it was something the client asked for and it just got through the gauntlet. So I'm like, well, we have to go back. I mean, even if we lose this, we have to go back and explain to them that this is just not the best way to go. And uh, yeah. that's what we're doing. I mean, it's just the yeah. only way you can to do it, yeah. honestly. And, and that brings up a really good point, just kind of separate from this topic as far as the clients go. It's sometimes it's so much better to tell a client no than try to do something that's not going to work for them in the long run just to make them happy and to, to, to cash a check, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're if you're new in the SEO game or have only been doing it for a short time, please, please, I know you're hungry for business, but if somebody out there is trying to ask you to do something that just doesn't make any sense, it's going to be better for you and them in the long run to say no. Yeah, well, just think of the worst-case scenario. What if this did cause them to get a penalty? Yeah. You know, what, yeah. Do you really want to be the person who is at the head of that? No, that's not good for anyone. And it's certainly not the way to run a business. So anyway. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break. We've got fantastic, some other great news here to, to share. I'm excited. This is actually a really interesting show, stuff that we like to share. So not <laughs> just some of the boring news. It's got some good stuff. So we'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. 
Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. The accuracy of geotargeting. I thought this was pretty funny because I've kind of joked about it myself, I think, on a few <laughs> shows back even. Search Engine Land has an article right now, and it's written by, oh, I don't know which company it was. I did this again. Let's see if I can find the advent.es, Advent Communications. Anyway, they did a study, kind of a, a loose, loosey-goosey one. I mean, they just, they just asked people to go through some steps to determine how accurate Google's geotargeting was. So what they did is they asked, and I'm quoting here from this article, we asked participants to log into Google Analytics and then use the real-time reporting tool to monitor their own visit from both a desktop and a mobile device. With the mobile device, we asked them to ensure they were not connected via Wi-Fi, but rather using their mobile device's internal geolocation function. In total, 149 people responded to the survey, about half of whom were in the United States. While the sample size might not be statistically significant enough to draw broad conclusions, the results were nevertheless interesting. I have to agree. <laughs> so I'll just quickly go through this in chat. So overall, people who were on mobile saw a 428-mile discrepancy uh, oh. in where Google said they were located. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Yes. In desktop, it was 117 miles. That's still pretty long. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, um, these are, of course, the average. Next, in the U.S., desktop was 145 miles and mobile was 334. In the U.K., desktop was 72 miles and their mobile discrepancy was 113 miles. Now, I love this little note here. It says, before those of you in the UK start preening yourselves for the better numbers, we should remember the relative sizes of these two countries. I was going to say, <laughs> isn't, isn't, that like the isn't that the entire width of the UK? <laughs> yeah. This really is interesting. I mean, you think about how many people, everyone's being told, go mobile, go mobile, go mobile. And of course you should. But it also really raises a good point. Just how much should you be focused on the accuracy of geotargeting? And when, you, when we're talking about geotargeting, are you talking about, and maybe the article might explain this a little more, I haven't read it yet, the geotargeting when you're setting geoparameters inside of like pay-per-click? Because you can set it down to the, the, the exact geocoordinates in pay-per-click. You can draw a square with four geocoordinates. Or are you talking about Google knowing that you're in Cleveland, Ohio versus Toledo, Ohio, right, which is about 80 miles apart? You know, if you were in that 400 range distance, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Columbus, Ohio, you can be in any one of those and still be within that same range, right? Well, in this case, what they're doing is they're using Google's real-time tool to see where your the person's located that's visiting the website. So, uh, And then the way they get them to do is using incognito, Google Chrome incognito or I guess whatever incognito, but I think they're suggesting Chrome. And the other one is, too, of course, the mobile uh, settings they were mentioning there, too. So the real-time reporting tool, you know, I don't know whether or not that's an excellent example of how accurate Google is, but you think it would be pretty decent. See, what you don't understand, I think, is, is that 
Google search, like the browser, or is it Google Analytics making that mistake? Because if you, I've never once gone to the Google or browser and go to Google and you can say, where am I located? You can do the drop down. You can change your location. I do that quite a bit if I'm looking at different search results around the country. I've never once gone there and it had me in the wrong location when I, when I first did that. It always knew what city I was in starting at. Right. So from a browser perspective, I've never seen that 400 mile difference. It didn't put me in Detroit when I was in Cleveland. It didn't put me somewhere completely different than where I am. Could it be analytics causing the problem and not necessarily Google and their algorithms and their targeting? Yeah, well, exactly. And, and, and it is a very good question. I mean, did they choose the right system to verify this with? I mean, it's just telling us how accurate Google Analytics real time function is. It's not telling us how accurate Google is. Right. Uh, that's a big business. Uh, that's what I think. And, I, and I'm not sure. I, I mean, I didn't re read it from uh, Bowder Stern here, but it does discuss it in the sense that this may just totally skew all of our considerations. And I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I don't either. I think this is probably more about, and again, I'm going to have to read the article. This is just speculation on my part. It's probably more about analytics than it is about Google targeting. Mm -hmm. Anyway, even if they did kind of give a quasi-answer. I'm scanning the the, the the conclusion here. I don't think they used the right basis for this test. I really don't. Anyway, very interesting. It's certainly something that deserves more attention, I think. And I don't know many people who've been really discouraged by geotargeting. I think it's much better than this report is making it out to be. Yeah. Hmm. But, Interesting, as I said, I like to make jokes about it because I have had some pretty horrible, <laughs> horrible you know, experiences with it, too. At least we're not trying to do the ac accuracy of Apple's geotargeting. That would be a completely different story altogether. No. <laughs> the, Apple's the one that, that like left off places completely in their when they first launched their maps. And yeah. there's, all, there's stories about both of them where people drive into rivers because they're following the... <laughs> Yes. They're following the maps. You keep your eye on this on the road. It's a good. Yes, thing. exactly. <laughs> now, what's what's next here, John? Well, there are a couple things came out recently about local search. As we know, a month or two ago, they they totally revamped the local search listings the way they looked. They didn't change much about the algorithm, but they went from a seven pack to a three pack um, in local search. One of the big things that really upset a lot of people was they they removed the telephone number out of the search listings in the SERP results. Well, lo and behold, they listening they're listening and they put the phone number back in. So if you're one of those ones that was upset that your local business had their phone number removed. Go back and check because apparently it's back by now. Um, so th that's interesting. And at the same time, uh, Google also has is making a push to get people to claim their listings. They, they recently also said that if you haven't gone into your account in the past few months, I think it was like six or so months, if you haven't gone into your account and just logged in, you didn't have to change anything. You just had to log into your account. They may consider it abandoned and, and you have to reclaim it. And they get rid of your all the work you've already done. Let's say you went in and set things up, added nice pictures. Unless you're logging in, you're going to lose that. So in mind, they're making a push to get people to actually go in and start claiming their listings. They've actually added used to be to, to claim your listings, you had to go in, click through to your link, go into your Google Plus page or Google Plus local page, and then claim the listing there. Now, if you have a knowledge graph result for your brand and it shows up and there's a picture of your business or they have that, but it's not claimed, you can actually click the claim this listing button right there in the search results now, which is, which is pretty new, makes it a little simpler for businesses. It's just kind of a signal that they're really trying to get people to do these claimings. Um, they, 
they're they're very picky about the things they put in the search results. Believe it or not, they're stingy, and, and the fact that it showed up there means it's important to them. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and I, and I think that I don't know whether or not we can assume it, it. It gives us much more insight in what their thinking is, other than the fact that they just need to get more of these approved. But yeah, and the examples in this article are tied to you know, a knowledge graph result for your business makes me wonder if you don't have a knowledge graph, if you probably still have to go through the same process. I, I doubt they're going to actually show that claim as listing in the individual SERP listings at any point soon. Interesting. Well, before we go to a break, I want to ask an interesting question that I came across the other day, and it's about e-commerce optimization. Now, anyone out there who's got a large database of products and, and such may find this a very familiar issue. In this case, I have a client of mine who is dealing with a very large database, and they sell widgets of a certain type, right? So let's just say it's a screw, a particular screw that's very hard to find but necessary for many motors, let's say hobby motors, whatever, RCs. Well, they have a main page that's about that particular screw, and it's very important. It's well-aligned. It's got content on it. It ranks okay for that particular one if everyone searches for it. But many people search for their RC car and say, okay, I want this screw. And so we want, he wanted to make sure that he was going to get that kind of exposure. So he's created many pages within the site targeting that, the particular vehicles that use that screw. And his question now is, you know, these sites, all these pages generally use the same content, but there's a, a use case for them because he wants to make sure that anyone looking for the particular product for their vehicle can find it. He's wondering if that's harming him or it should be, you know, consolidated or removed. And it hasn't been a very simple thing to um, answer, I've found. I mean, I like to try and be as certain as I can be about my answer. But, you know, I can see why this is a good thing. It's, and, and for Google, it would be good as well in many regards, because I think it offers a good experience online because they can find the result quite faster. But it also adds a lot more pages for Google Index, and there's a lot of duplication. I mean, what would you what would you do in this case, John? Does it make sense to you so far here? Or did I explain it? It, make, it, it makes sense, and it's, it's actually a very common problem. It's one that I've thought about a lot in the past year or so. And you and I might have had this conversation in the past, either on the show or, or off the show. But to me, any business, any business that relies on inventory to drive traffic is is if they just if they continue down that path, they're going to crash and burn within two years. Any type of inventory you have at all, anywhere, if you're selling cars, you have inventory. If you're selling real estate, you have inventory. If you're selling screws, you have inventory. If you're selling shoes, you have inventory, right? If you rely specifically and only and primarily on that inventory to drive the traffic to your site, you're in trouble. And it's it's very hard to think outside of that box because we've been in that space for so long that I'm I'm an e-commerce site and here's here's my catalog of products and I'm going to make sure these products are optimized so people can find them. That's a dead model. That's not going to work years from now. It's starting to not work now more and more. In this particular case that you're talking about, my recommendation, you have one page for that screw. 
That's your inventory page. You have one that's that's the topic of that page is that screw, right? Mm -hmm. If you have an RC car that uses that screw that you want people to say, hey, I've got this screw for your RC car, you need to create a page that topics that RC car, not the screw. Because you need to build authority and relevancy around that topic, not your piece of inventory. So you have to separate. I think there's going to have to be a change for anybody doing e-commerce. You're going to have to come into this mindset where you separate your inventory content from your resource content. And resource content is going to be that stuff. It's going to be those unique answers to questions that people are asking in search. And I've been pushing this where you're here in advance. We have to flip the model. For so many years, we've taken inventory content, and we've been trying to figure out how do we put content into our inventory. That model has to completely flip and say, okay, we are now producing content, and we have to figure out how to address our inventory in that content. And it's a big difference. It's a big change, but it's going to have to happen. I personally believe anybody that does e-commerce with an inventory-based system. Yeah, we have talked about this past, and I've agreed with you before. In this case, I, I don't because I don't see any way you could do that. And the reason I say that is because think of how many hundreds of thousands of screws there are. And that, okay, let's say this one RC car is popular. Fine, fair enough. Create a page. But can you imagine how many screws are in that RC car? And then you think so, about… So it goes to this though, right? It's the difference between being an authority on a keyword versus being authority on a phrase, right? Mm -hmm. Or a topic, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways to ask a question about a topic that if you try to target them, you have, you know, in most cases, hundreds and hundreds of keywords, specific keywords that you're targeting for a topic. Instead of trying to become an authority on each one of those keywords, become an authority on the topic and it'll cover everything under that umbrella. Right, well, you have he, to do the same yeah. thing in this case. And he is. I mean, he's this particular site is like extremely busy and do, it does very well. However, he is seeing a reduction, and we are concerned that this is part of it. And it's such a common issue that even Google doesn't give a clear answer on what you do in this case. Yeah. And it's probably he's probably seeing the same kind of reduction that I'm seeing where I work. We've we have a situation in any any newspaper that's online, anybody who's taken those old traditional classified verticals of automobiles and real estate and job listings that you used to find in the newspaper, try to translate them online, right? And what happens is they just take that same model. Here's a bunch of job listings. Here's a bunch of real estate listings. Here's a bunch of auto listings. And what you're doing, first of all, Every bit of that content is duplicate content because you're not the only person publishing those listings, right? Mm -hmm. He's not the only person selling screws, right? Mm -hmm. So there's going to be other people selling those exact same screws most likely. So you can't rely on that as being quality content. It's going to be seen as low-quality content to begin with because it's basically it's going to be duplicate, right? So how do, you, how do you fix that? Well, you add real unique content. You add that resource content. So you can't rely on your inventory because it's low-quality duplicates, so you have to build this other content. And it's been a slow change, right? I'm not saying that something is happening overnight. I'm not saying it's going to kill, kill you next week. But over the next two years, it's going to that, – that continual split between inventory content and resource content is going to get wider and wider and wider, and that low-quality inventory content is not going to drive any traffic. And if you don't start building that resource content now, you're in trouble. Yeah, I, I hear you, and, I, and I, I don't disagree that change has to happen. I just don't know how that could be feasible, uh, just the content answer. It's you, – when you're talking about businesses this large – 
uh, with that much inventory, it, so, it would be inconceivable. I mean, so, how many RC cars are there? So, so here, <laughs> exactly. That's that's the point. The, the next point is okay. What do you want to be known as an authority on? Screws or RC cars? Right, because RC cars aren't the only thing that, that uses screws, right? Exactly. So and they've got so, everything in. So the idea that okay, if someone is searching for a screw for an RC car, you have two basic uh, topics you can be authority on. There, you can be authority on the screw, or you can be authority on the the RC car. The odds of being the authority on both are pretty slim, unless you have a very focused website. Right. We know this is not a focused website. So he's got to pick. Does he want to be an authority on screws or does he want to be authority on all the different things that use screws? My guess is you build the authority on screws. Absolutely. That's your top priority. Then you pick out a, a handful of things that use screws that you will also want to try to gain authority on and do that. Don't try to be an authority on everything that uses a screw. You're going to diversify yourself too much and you're going to fail. 100% agree there, by the way. But I also know that he's already done a good job of that. It's just, again, he has to pull it back a bit. And it's not going to be easy. It's not an easy discussion to have with a client, nope. especially one who's been doing exceedingly well um, with the site. And, 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 uh, yeah. and that's, hard, that's hard because, you know, the things we've done in the past in SEO that worked really well and, and had a lot of value, we know it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work now or in the future. And as the search engines change, we have to change our models and our approaches. And it really sucks when you're doing really, really well with an old model that has to change and you're not sure what's going to happen in the future. It, it's scary as hell. But Especially for ones that sort of support a whole network of of employees. I mean, it's it's a whole industry, a massive industry. Now, oh, one yeah. thing I wanted to share here is we, we've kind of put out a question that's very difficult to answer. It's advanced SEO, I would say, in this, in this regard. Um, but there are some basics that people should understand. So let's say, this isn't a very good example, but let's say there are different, well, there are, I guess there are, there's different types of screws, right? There's galvanized, there's not, well, in this case, in many cases, let's, if we talked about a t-shirt on an e-commerce site, this is much easier. There's blue, right. green, yellow. Um, you don't want to have separate pages for those. And if you do, Absolutely. you want to make sure there's a canonical going back to the main page. You have a person goes and they find that a pay, this particular shirt they want. It's it's a lot easier. In fact, the cutting edge, I've been doing a lot of research on this, has been, um, and there's a good tip, I think, for anyone out there who's got an e-commerce site, is using, a, I guess it's a form of Ajax, but you change the color, it changes the page without changing the URL. Mm -hmm. And that has been a really effective approach in my, in my analysis. Canonical tags will work too. That really ties to which, whatever e-commerce platform you're using. But um, it increases the spider. Can you imagine how many pages that increases on your site? Yeah. Um, Pretty insane. I mean, if you can do it this it, way, it decreases the, spider, the amount of pages that, that have to be indexed. If you're a t-shirt company and you only have 100 t-shirts, it's not a big deal. If you're a screw company and you've got 100,000 <laughs> screws, it's a much bigger deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's certainly, you know, from an optimization perspective, it's always good to have as, as few pages as possible to be indexed if you can offer the same quality and the same variety. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you this there. This case, when it comes yeah. to colors. Okay, when it comes to products, yes, if you can get it down What's to what one. What's we're talking about, buddy? <laughs> all right, all right. Just to make sure everybody understands that because you definitely don't want to shoot for as few pages as possible on your website <laughs> in no, general. No, 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 no. You have to keep this in context. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, really it, track, as, <laughs> as, as few pages as possible per product. Let's put it that way. Okay. Anyway, it, it's, uh, it's a very interesting part of SEO. I always find myself fascinated with e-commerce marketing and, and uh, 
I don't get a lot of it. I have in the past, and, and we're deep in it right now. But it's always a, a an interesting read, and I love doing competitor analysis on it. It's fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, let's take a quick break, and we come back. Uh, we've got some community questions we want to answer. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Internet Marketing Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Richard Burkhardt, our good friend, has a question for us. Why don't you uh, lead with that, John? So Richard's got an interesting question. He basically, here's his question. Does Google pay attention to a dash in a search query these days? And the, the, the key to this question is, I think, in a search query. He goes on to say, like Ray-Ban instead of Ray-Ban as two words. Most of the time he runs manual searches, sees the same results with or without the dash. Excuse me. But in ranking reports, he sees the differences between the two and asks us what we think. Um, I think this goes back to uh, an interesting question we used to have about dashes in URLs. So there was a time when there was dashes and underscores in URLs, and people used to say, which is better? You always want to use a dash, not an underscore. And the reason they said that, and that's not the truth anymore. You can use either one. Google knows the difference and understands how to handle both of those now. But it used to be the underscore was seen as a null space, meaning there was nothing there. So it would push the words together into one long word. And the dash was actually seen as a space, right, in the URL. And I think that applies to this question, Richard, because if the dash we know historically is seen as a space, 
that from a search results perspective, I think you're going to be the same with Ray dash band or Ray space band. I think it's going to be the same like you've seen in your tests. When it comes to the ranking reports, that's purely going to be how that particular piece of software doing your ranking reports handles that dash. If you're seeing differences in your ranking reports than you're seeing in your, your manual searches, that means that the reporting software is handling the dash different than the way that search engines are. I don't think mm -hmm. it's tied to search. I think it's tied to your software. Yeah, and Richard, if you could share which system you're using, I'd, I'm intrigued. Just, I think it's interesting. Uh, it's a very good question. And, and I... Uh, I haven't seen that, but I'm going to pay more attention now. Uh, I am too. I'm going to look into that as well. Yeah, it's very interesting. The kind of minutiae that we all kind of just focus a bit too much on sometimes, but this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Richard thinks hard about this stuff. He does. Yes, it's very good. It's very good. Very good. <laughs> Thanks, Richard, and, and please feel free to post more questions. They're always good. Now, the next one is a question from El Ray. I'm going to do my best to – I didn't write this down, but it says, I want to ra rank for the key phrase, Vila es Cudero, for some of my web page. The keyword has low competition and high search volume. The web page is, and he gives you an example of the page, that is about Villa Escudero. Well, I've used the fetch, fetch as Google to index it, but looking at it, it shows my rank as 165. Now, John, you wrote this down. Do you know the context? Yeah, so, so I looked into this a little bit, all right, and the key phrase you're searching for, Villa, how do you pronounce that, Ross? Escudero? Escudero. Villa Escudero is actually a resort. Right, So there's a lot of people trying to target this resort for vacation spaces, including yourself. Of course, it's a brand. So the, the place itself is going to do much, much better in the, the first page. TripAdvisor is on there. Wikipedia is on there. There's a bunch of really high-quality websites that are ranking for this phrase. Um, a lot of websites that are dedicated to this villa are ranking for this phrase. One of the things that I saw when I looked at your site real quick, and again, this was like a two or three minute look, and just by looking at your URL that you provided us, you've got this page you're targeting way deep in your website. It, your website has, from the looks of it, you have the name of the website, then you have a category, which is hotels, then you have another category, which is the location of Philippines, and you have another category that has a lagoon, then you have this villa. So it's very, very deep in your site. Um, the odds of any real quality equity, search equity that comes to your homepage, making it down that deep, it gets less and less the further down you go, is you know, this page is not going to do too well to that specific target because, hey, it probably is pretty more competitive than you think it is because it's a villa that's, it, we know it's in Wikipedia, we know it's in TripAdvisor, there's going to be people trying to sell people going to this, so it's probably more competitive than you think um, in organic search. I just think you need to either get it closer to the to the homepage of your site instead of down so deep and or build a lot more off-site authority to it specific to that deep page to improve this. But it's going to be really hard for you to get on the first page, I'm telling you, for this term just because there's a lot of tough competition on that first page already. Yeah, and, and you know, a couple more, like I guess, this, again, the minutia here, but on that page, when you go down, you see this hotel information. You've got tabbed information. Remember that tab information is not treated in the same with the same kind of importance as any other content on the page due to Google's recent changes. Well, relatively recent, I guess it was last year, or at least announcement. <laughs> yes. Um, which is that you know, the stuff in tabs that is not shown, you have to click on, is not considered seen. So it doesn't have as much weight on the page. So, if, you know, if you're hoping that uh, Villa Escudero shows up, that word shows up in there, it won't have as much weight. 
I know this is very old school, but there really aren't a lot of, I don't know, I might increase the occurrence of the word a couple times. I mean, it's so small, but it's not used very often on your page. You know, and check to make sure there's a lot of things you could look at for your whole website. Do you have duplicate content issues caused by some technical problem you might not be, be aware of? That could be reducing the value of that page. I didn't take the time to check to see if the content on your pages was unique or other people were using it other places. Maybe people scraped your site. We know you're not going to do that, but it's just one of those things that there's a lot of things to look at to understand why a page is not ranking as well as you think it should. That's why you know good quality companies offer audits. You know, and it's you don't want to just audit one page because you know that doesn't make a lot of sense because most of the things you find when it comes to an audit are going to affect all the pages of your site or most of the pages of your site. So that's really my suggestion would be if you think you should be ranking better, um, get someone to look at your site to see what are the things that are holding you back? What are the roadblocks that you need to overcome? Yeah. And I mean, your, your description at the bottom, the first paragraph, experience developing country life, et cetera, et cetera. I, I would have just that intro at the top right below the name. I mean, there's no content per se that you, you jump into. I don't know. I Again, I'm getting into kind of old school stuff, but stuff that I find still works. And, uh, and, 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 and think about it this way as well. The search metrics did a study uh, – the end of last year, begin, no, beginning of this year, I think it was, they did their, we talked about it on the show, they did their ranking factors study. And one of the big things I took out of that study is the amount of content on a page has increased dramatically over the years. It used to be we could get away with two, 300, 400 words of content on a page. The study that they did earlier this year said the top 10 results, the average amount of content was over 1,000 words a page. So just having a, a some content, a paragraph or two on a topic is probably getting to the point where I'd say you're going to need more. Yeah, and just to make sure people understand, I wasn't talking about just having a paragraph just moving that one paragraph or copying it to the top. So there's something, some, if I'm reading this, yeah, above the fold. this page, yeah, above the fold, something that tells me what this site is. And, and it was a nicely written paragraph. And then still have it below, hotel information, in more detail, all that. Of course, just having something at the top, I just think has a better user experience. Uh, and I think that's something that also plays well into Google's algorithms because that's what they're all about. Anyway. User experience. It goes back to what we've said many times before. You've got to have the best answer to the question. And there's lots and lots of people answering that question, and you've got to have the best page of content. Exactly. Uh, it's interesting, though, now that I look at it, I did a, did, you know how you can check to see if someone is using, if there's, someone's duplicating your content? You take a, a, a sampling of 15, 20 words out of the middle of a paragraph somewhere, and you paste it into Google with uh, quotes around it to see if your page is found and then any other pages that are being found using that same odd collection of words in that order, right? Quite a few of them. Yeah, well, no. In this particular case, when I searched for that paragraph that you were talking about, I picked a handful of words and there were zero search results. Not even that page showed up in search results. See, I found Airbnb using it. Not that, though. Some other content for about describing the rooms. You know, there's little things like that, but that doesn't matter. I mean, it's it. I think just as long as your your key content is very unique, or at least some of the key content of the page is unique, you're fine. I mean, otherwise, all e-commerce sites would be hopeless. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you, you can have some duplication. It's just it's expected to a degree. Well, with that said, thanks for joining us today, everyone. Uh, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page. 
easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google+. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday on webmasterradio.fm. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.